Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett, as per usual. Uh, sorry for the last show. Uh, little diversion. Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool caught me off guard. But we're back to talk about Newport versus Manchester United, a 4-2 win in the FA Cup for United progression to the fifth round, I believe. It's the fifth round, isn't it? Yes, it is. With a, another away tie against either Nottingham Forest or... Who is it, Rob? Bristol? Is it Bristol? Bristol City. Yeah, Bristol City. So we will see what happens there. But obviously, a 4-2 win over a League Two club. Meltdown time. So let's... Uh, not for Let's, us, though. Well, not for us, but apparently for for a lot of people. We're trying to bring you something a little bit more measured. There's Ahmad liking tweets saying, I should be on the pitch or maybe what I should go do? to Sunderland or something. There's Ooh. Marcus Rashford going out for two nights, apparently, and turning up ill on Friday and therefore missing his place in the squad for the Newport game. There's a press conference where Eric Ten Hag was asked about eight times about Marcus Rashford, despite him saying it's an internal matter. What do you want him to do? I don't know. Um, right, Rob, 4-2 FA Cup progression. Where do you want to start? Where can we start? We'll start from the beginning, shall we? Um, I thought the selection was okay. I thought also overall the performance was also okay. There were bits that I didn't like, and we will discuss some of those points today. Um but as I think I, I tweeted afterwards, you know, I think you'd accept 4-2 at the end of this. Like, I think with the cup, I'm always less interested in performances, Scott. I'm more bothered about progression. Like, so you just win the game, however you win it, and you move on to the next round. And that's what's most important in the FA Cup. Did we see similar things that we've seen over and over again for the last six months and beyond with the team, with the same players, as we have done and talked about before? Yes. And, and I do understand why some Man United fans have now this, you know, nagging kind of frustration with the team. Because I do think you should be going to Newport and you should be finishing them off in 20 minutes. And that's what the performance kind of showed, didn't it? I think after 20, 25 minutes, it looked like United were going to stroll this and United decided to take their foot off the gas, I thought, at 2-0. And it's then suddenly a game. That happens against Newport, Scott. That happens against, that will happen probably against West Ham in our future games. It's happened all season long. It just doesn't stop happening. <laughs> so I do get why United fans are not watching it and feeling fantastic at a 4-2 result at, a, at a, a team from the lower echelons. You should be dealing with Newport much easier than you did. Yes, uh, <clears throat> a switch off. <clears throat> uh, two nicely worked goals, actually, to start with. Um, but I think the first goal that Newport scored, I don't know what you can but I know it's Newport, mm. and I'm going to give Newport a nice uh, compliment here and defend them a little bit because they're. I was born in Newport, so um, it was good for them. I I wouldn't have minded actually if they'd have got a replay, but then I just thought of all of the absolute meltdown that would 
come on around. Like United have won the game and still the world is ending. Um, but the the first goal out of nowhere, a volley, which was then, or half volley, I think it was one that then deflected over Altai mm. Bayandir, who made his debut in goal. Finally, probably the only appearance he'll be making this season because Andrea Nan is coming back by Thursday for, I think it's Wolves, the next game. Uh, but yeah, after half time, Rob, <clears throat> we've seen it loads of times before. Players switching off, not doing their jobs properly, and then Newport making a fist of it. Although I don't, like, I didn't think United were ever really in danger. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I always kind of thought that they would get back to that. They could have scored eight goals. They, they could have, they could have scored a ton. I know that there's a, a lot of dissatisfaction. And obviously, we'll we'll talk about what went right, what went wrong, in a little bit more depth. Um, but you know, just move on. Uh, for me, I, I'm in the camp of just move on. We've seen a lot of problems. These are not new problems. So I'll let you talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you just said, they could have scored eight goals, but the truth is, you didn't. So that this is the problem: is that I think United were very much in control of the game, and I think that first twenty minutes. They showed how much of the superior team they were. Like, my God, even Anthony was popping on that side and show, showing some form. He obviously got a goal and assist in the game, so credit to him. Do I think, like you said there about stuff that we've seen before, do I think that that these things are going to heal quickly, Scott, now as, as the season rolls on? Am I sat here with confidence? Because I'm always progressive in my mind. I'm looking forward. I'm not bothered about Newport. You won 4-2. But why do we see players switch off still? Like, I, I think, again, I tweeted, Eric Ten Hag must be pulling his hair out. You know, look, look, I have as well. Nothing there at all. It's all gone. has gone for a while. Why is it that we are seeing those things? I think that's a bigger question and a more important question. Not that we didn't see it. Because uh, let's talk about not, that then. Who, yeah, the fact we're not seeing it? it, the fact we're not seeing it is obvious, isn't it? <laughs> we all know. We all actually know what we are going to see. And that's a bad look, I still think. I think not just for United fans, but I think United fans look at that and think, we should expect better. And that's that's my tip on this. I think these players are better than maybe some of their performances suggest. Whose fault is that? that just switching off after halftime or switching Playful. off. Right. Playful. So that's, a, that's a culture and mentality problem, right? Yeah. Because it happens very regularly. There's been, yeah. I know, I know you've been a big advocate of Hannibal getting minutes, but he's, he's been mm. sent out to Sevilla. They've already excluded him from the squad because his attitude isn't right. Well, he was back like, in the squad that, for the last game. So <laughs> they said that, and then he was back in the squad within five minutes. But still, it's, it's you know they wouldn't say it if it wasn't an issue. Mm. Marcus Rashford is what God knows. Like, who knows? Like it, mm. it's an internal matter, as Eric Ten Hag says. So, but these are all issues, cultural issues, which United have to fix. So, when I understand that people are going to give the manager his uh, criticism because. He can't get the team playing how he wants them to play. Mm. For what it's worth, I thought they, I thought they created so many chances yesterday that the reason why they didn't score goals was because Garnacho was through on goal instead of squaring it. He shot and hit the bar. That mm. that is the that's the that's the problem for me from yesterday. That you make the wrong decisions, that you're selfish in moments, and that's a cultural problem, which is what I've been saying the entire time. But the the guy who's in there trying to change the culture is the one always getting. It in the neck mm. because the players aren't listening to him. Whose fault is that? Like the players haven't listened, <laughs> this group of players haven't listened to managers for years. So 
you know, for me, it is what it is. But uh, like, obviously, Ten Hag is going to get his criticism. There are things you can point criticism at him for. And I've sat here and criticized him. I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying, as I've said many times before, that he's one of many problems, but there are other problems that are, that are bigger than him within this club at the moment. For me. C- completely. And, and, you know, you've just summed up Manchester United in 10 years. You know, that's a 10-year cycle of United under, under multiple managers. Yes, I think in a moment when a player doesn't do what you want them to do, then, of course, that's about the player. But I think it's also about don't know. I'm not saying players should fear the manager, but you should fear not doing your job and then being dropped. <laughs> Are we unique in that at Manchester United? Are we the only team where our players just swan around and do what they want because they know they're going to get picked in the next game? So I think we talk about culture. I think Ten Hag has tried to address that. But I also think a lot of the things that we see very you know every week, Scott, especially in the last few months, are not just about culture. They're not just about players doing what they want. It's about how you set up the expectation. How do you maintain the expectation? No, but I'll I'll interrupt you there because the culture is surely going to detract from your tactical... If you're mentally not there or if you mentally switch off, that is going to mean you don't adhere to tactics. Yes. It, it, it is. You, you, you're not going to do it, but in, like in any walk of life, if you get out of bed and you don't motivate yourself to go and do your job, then you're probably not going to be as good as you could be. So I look at these United players, and quite often one of the things that's leveled at them, Scott, is oh, they don't care. It's a cough. It's a common one, common trope with footballers when you play poorly. Oh, they don't care enough. I don't believe that at all. I do believe they care. I, I think with footballers, you have to organise them. I don't think United have been particularly organised well in the last six months. I talk about preparation a lot when we talk about Ten Hag and, and behind the scenes. And, you know, you go and you play all right against Newport. You can't put the ball in the net. That's something we see every single week. You just said they like for you the decision, the, the, the Garnacha decision that embodies what was wrong. For me, complete opposite. I want Garnacha to shoot there because Garnacha can score that goal. What I don't like is United set up play around the strike as you've got a number nine but you don't really do a lot to help the nine get on the end of stuff. That's a tactical is that, thing. Is that not an example of that problem? In that moment, I think in a split decision, when you've got an 18-year-old running through who's really good at finishing, I'm not going to say to him, square it. Because I think when you actually look at the play slow down, Bruno, yeah, can tap it in if that is a perfect pass to him. But I'm not going to tell Garnacho not to shoot there. But I'm looking at the rest of the team and the build-up, Scott. One of the things I did tweet at half-time was that I wanted the ball more at Cobby's feet. Because I think Cobby showed in the eight that he can travel with the ball, move it, and get you going towards the right end of the pitch. But United just do the same patterns over and over again. It's the same It's the same mistakes as, as the way I would describe it. And that's got to come from your manager. That has to come from your bench. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw there. It was one bit when... Uh, Steve McLaren was sat there like this. And there's just, there is a deadness behind the bench's eyes. Like, that's how I look at it now. And that comes from what you're doing as, as a coaching staff. So I'm not, I don't feel at the moment, Scott, I don't know what you think. Do you feel United are well coached at the moment? Are you watching them and going, well, do you know what? It's just a cultural issue and they're, that they're really well coached. Is that how you feel? I think moment? if you dropped Eric Ten Hagen to say another club, mm. um, Let's say Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Chavi's Chavi's leaving. I think he'd be all right. 
Personally. I don't think he's a bad, yeah. I don't think he's a bad manager at all. I just think that the unique situations that are happening at United, he hasn't particularly dealt with them well. And you're at a, a crossroads here now with with Ratcliffe coming to the football club, where decisions will have to be made not about whether he would be good if you dropped him in at Barcelona and he'd be okay. You now have to go. Well, actually, is there a better manager out there, both tactically and and trying to not just. I'm starting to think, think the whole culture thing now. It's like it's the unanswerable question. Yes, you want a better culture at your football club, but it comes from the senior staff and it comes from the manager. And hopefully now Browsford is the kind of guy, I think, that will stand with a manager and push a, a fresh culture. Because this is not just about Marcus Rashford going out at night. You know, this is not about Jaden Sancho doing a tweet. This is actually about just the fundamentals on a football pitch. It's about covering a post it's about marking someone properly. It's about not giving the ball away frivolously. It's about, it's all <coughs> like you could say, they're squaring the ball. Is, all of this is interlinked. All of it. <coughs> it is. It is interlinked, but you have also can break it down, Scott, into individual parts. You can, I think. Football's a sport at the end of the day. You know, these are sportsmen who train every single day of the week to do certain repetitions. And there should be a level. I think you could say, right, that's your level. And yes, you go up and down. But there are times when you drop there, it is not acceptable. So we have to talk about it. It's like, it's boring, but yeah, that's... And, and that comes down to management staff in any business where the boss at the very top has to trickle down delegation to make it work. And you see that with United. I'm not sure that is there. And I feel Ten Hag in six months, Scott, has become less effective from the touchline. I don't know what you think. I think from the touchline, you could see that United in games, first season, he was really good at spotting issues, changing them. And that was with a new squad that didn't know him or he didn't know them as much and he had some success I think now we're seeing the last six months United down yesterday you know they'd lost that game that would have been the 15th defeat in 30 for the season and that statistic on its own we can't just talk about culture can't just say oh that is a cultural thing yes no, you but need like get... Robert and this is this is what I've said so many times yeah. Eric Ten Hag's standard of play the way Eric Ten Hag wants to play requires all 11 players to attack and defend at the same time yeah that is abs- that is fundamental to it. Absolutely mm-hmm. fundamental. Energy and making smart decisions is fundamental to how yeah. his team plays. If one person or two people are not doing it properly, everything falls apart. How many yeah. times has he said it's like a deck of cards? Like mm. if that's that's what we see over and over again. And like I, I just I'm coming out of this game, I'm just thinking it's easy to you know criticize him. And yes, I'm not saying that you'll be there next season, but what are you realistically going to change now? What? Um, let's just look at it and understand that Ten Hag last season was trying to fill in gaps and trying to get results by whichever way he possibly could. This season, it's been more of a, I think, a progression to the style that he wants to play. And mm. we ask every single manager to stick to their principles. And I think we're mm-hmm. seeing whatever principles Eric Ten Hag has, we're seeing him try to stick to them. It's just we have problems and there's a lot of issues to fix and iron out over the course of it. Whether he gets a chance to see it into next season where hopefully cultural issues and player fits are changed and improved, who knows? Um, but I just think... I honestly, and maybe you're listening to this and you're you're uh, angrily disagreeing with me. I just think 
Yes, it was Newport, but United won pretty comfortably. I know they scored twice. The first one was essentially like a, a fluke. The second one was a switch off, which we already know about. United then went on and absolutely steamrolled them. <laughs> they could have scored a number more. Uh, I just think this is the wrong game to have this conversation after. This is just me personally, but I, I know that uh, it's United magnifying glass every single time we can take conclusions. I didn't see anything different yesterday that I haven't seen already, personally. And I think that is the problem. <laughs> like, that's exactly it. Like You're playing Newport, and you, you, I think, Scott, you should expect to go and just dispatch Newport in the way that you played in that first 25 minutes. And we could talk about hitting a crossbar or, or one bad decision or whatever. I think it's more about about the style of play that's being constructed. That's how I look at it. And my, I think my criticism here is, like you just said there, you want a manager to stick to his guns. Mourinho stuck what, to his what, guns. When we, say, when we you know? say style of play, can we just clear this up? <laughs> what, what is style of play? For, for, what, what's his style for of play? His style what of is... play, 80% possession. Because I, I think people, like watching no. Pep ball over the past few years, style of play is keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, uh, keep it off them, starve them to death of the ball, and then we'll score by yeah. a cutback tapping. I, I think that's what people think of when they think style of play, personally. No, what I saw yesterday was Lisandro Martinez getting the ball a lot and the ball shifted out to the wide flanks where United mm. had a ton of space. Yeah, and I, I, I think that if you have lost 14 out of 30, we can question the style of play. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Is that, And you're totally right. Like The whole thing about what Ten Hag needs to be able to fac facilitate his style of play is that we now know with the new ownership and with we're at Cliff there is that you're going to have to buy players to fix the style of play, aren't you? Like that's the only thing you can do now. You can look at these players and go, they can't do what Ten Hag wants them to do. But the big question now is, do you give a manager X amount of hundreds of millions of pounds to do a side of play that might well be fundamentally flawed, I think, in English football? Now he plays counter-press, Scott. There's nothing particularly genius about that. There's nothing about trying to you so like players to run around and do their jobs. Again, I don't think United players are like looking disinterested in doing their jobs. I think it it comes down to what they're being asked to do sometimes. I think the way Ten Hag has set up this season has cost United games and he's not been able to change the style of play in games to fix it, which is what was different last year when he was going, right, I'm starting with this 4-1-5. I'm going to go to 4-2-3-1. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to nail it down. We're going to go win a football match. Yesterday, he played 4-1-4-1, Scott. This is what he settled on. He wants to play this style of play in this formation. But I don't think we see anything different within that in the 90 minutes for him to be able to switch stuff. You just mentioned Guardiola. One of the things I think with City and with their possession style of football is that they have that balance, is that they will keep the ball and then they'll kill you when the moment is there. And that comes from seven years of a project, doesn't it? It takes years to get to that elite high level. Ten Hag's 18 months into his project and his style of play. If he thinks that after losing 14 games in a season, his style of play is working and he's not going to try anything else, then I guarantee you now, I'll put my money on this table in front of me that he will not be the manager at the end of the season he will get sacked yeah so that's that's that so he'll carry that and we will all go oh it was the dysfunctional culture at united and that will also be partly true but i think we also have to judge the chess pieces on the board of how you set up and how you play that game and i think united overall i don't watch these games i don't come out of backingham scott and thinking yeah the manager did well they controlled that part of the game you know he got he settled them down at 2-2 yesterday i don't think he did anything different they just carried on doing what they were doing. You're playing Newport, so you get away with it. 
we've actually seen other games, Scott, where the same thing is happening. It's better teams. You've lost them. That's why you've lost 14 games. So I do think there's a correlation there. I, I also agree with you. I think Newport's the wrong game to make masses assessments against. You know, like, you I'm not going to say, oh, anyway. Anthony got a golden assist, and I'm not going to sit here and celebrate it. <laughs> I'm not going to go, oh, you're well done, Anthony. You got a golden assist against Newport from League Two. Yeah, great. And I'm, I'm glad he got his golden assist. Hopefully that helps him now in weeks going forward. But I'm not seeing enough tactical stuff from the manager, Scott. It's just how I feel about it in the six-month spell. I felt it in pre-season. We discussed it in pre-season. And now we're here pushing towards February. We're talking about exactly the same thing. That's the boring part for us and for, for the audience. But unfortunately, you still have to talk about it because it's what we're seeing on a football pitch. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Boring, boring podcasting. Let's move on to... Uh... Let's move on to something different. Let's talk about Marcus Rashford. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your pods as well and watch us on YouTube, The Promise and the Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, hit the notification bell as well so you don't miss a show and follow us on social at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at TPLMUFC as well. Marcus Rashford did not play or did not feature in the Newport game. Now, the club line is that he's ill. Right, but he was yeah. obviously spotted out on Wednesday night in Belfast, and mm-hmm. also then on Thursday night in Belfast as well, I believe. And then turns up Friday ill uh, with uh, my grab quotes on my fingers for the benefit of audio listeners. Ill now is that hangover ill? Is that flu ill? Who knows? Uh, but I don't think you can really look at the situation and not think that there's something deeper there. It feels mm-hmm. like this is, as we said at the top, uh, I think Marcus Rashford is a bit dissatisfied personally. I think, it's you know, way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, a bit dissatisfied. And maybe, maybe Marcus Rashford is, uh, you know, how how do we say this? Is he a problem? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just asking the question, just throwing it out there. Um, because he's 26 now, and I don't know how people feel, but when I look at this and I think if you can't turn up for training, if you've had a couple of days off and you go out, I, I got no issue with players going out personally. I I I don't. But if that is if you're gonna go out and then not be ready to work and play and train. And Marcus Rashford has not been playing well this season. Guess that's the manager's fault as well. Um, you know, what if we're doing like a cultural reset, this kind of thing, I don't think anybody should be off limits. And I think uh, the way I've looked at this, I think Marcus Rashford is, uh, he's the highest earner at the club. It's not mm-hmm. a good example to set personally. I, I don't think it is. Maybe he is just ill. Who knows? But it, it seems to be something more to it than that. Well, there's illness in the camp, so we do know that. So I think there is that. And I think there also could be a case that there is this story is multi-layered in the sense that I do think United believed that he'd only been out one night. And I think the question here is two. Now, I'm not going to put any assertion forward there, Scott, about drinking or not being ready or anything that I do think he's ill. I think I think this is where, again, Ten Hag is caught between a rock and a hard place because it's all about who he likes and who he doesn't like. So Jaden Sancho does a tweet. Jaden Sancho doesn't train well. Jaden Sancho's career's over. Ten Hag helps him last year. This year, Ten Hag thinks I'm moving on from you. So it's easy. It's an easy process here. Marcus Rashford, you can't really do that, can you? He's your highest earner. 
He's the kind of, you know, the local star and all of these things. But something is fundamentally broken down behind the scenes between Marcus Rashford and the manager. That's how I feel about it. Now we have to kind of go, now it's a yin and yang. It's like, right, well, who is to blame? What you just said there, you know, Marcus Rashford's not been good on the football pitch this year. That's what we can really judge him by, isn't it? It's actually what we see on a football pitch. We can't judge him of whether he decides to go to a nightclub in Belfast. That is a, you know, he's allowed out, he's allowed to do stuff, but he's also not allowed to make curfew rules. Like, And I think that's maybe what this comes down to here is that there's something a little bit deeper there. I think, I think when we look at Rashford's kind of, background and Rashford's personality in general, like I'm not talking about this incident, you know, Rashford is quite, is known as a good trainer. Rashford is known as someone who's quite considerate and courteous and knows how things should work. Is Rashford always the most mature boy in the room? No, he isn't. But there is something here going on. Again, we talk about culture and this has been thrown at Rashford yesterday is that, you know, oh, you should know better, Marcus, you earn all the money, you do all of this, all of these things. Until we actually know more, and this is the problem when, like you said there, like Ten Hag being asked in press conferences, what are you supposed to do? Of course you've got to ask him. There's no way you can't not ask him just because the manager is saying it's an internal matter. I think again, Scott, you should go double down, go one way or the other. If it's if it's something that's not going to be a massive issue long term, you double down and you just say nothing's wrong, he's ill. You don't say it's an internal matter. You just don't say it. <laughs> you, don't, you just lie. You just tell the press and just tell the press what they want to hear. Just say to us, no. But there's always that hint that there's something wrong. It's always like, oh, it's an internal matter. And that then opens it up to screw. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's just the truth. So I don't think Tenor could do anything more publicly. I don't want him to. Uh, the thing that's Sorry, opened up it, scrutiny is the pictures being of Marcus Rashford. And then <laughs> that, that's, and that's, the problem. that's the issue. I'm sorry, but like you can... Ten Hag's getting criticism for like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe mm. he didn't like Sancho. So then he, he threw him under the bus by saying he wasn't the best player in training. And then six months later, it's like, oh, it's yeah. an internal matter with Rashford. Having seen the last six months and Ten Hag getting absolutely castigated for saying mm. anything even remotely like he wasn't the, he wasn't the best player in training. So maybe he's looked at that situation and thought, oh, well, I can't do that again. So maybe I should just say something else, which I is agree. the line yeah. that he said, and he's still getting criticized for it. Still, uh, he, he can't uh, look, win. I, the bloke can't win for me. He can't win. He can't win. But I do also think that this is sometimes about a politician's hat. Yeah. And sometimes you can just sit there and go, no, there's no problem with Rashford. It's not an internal matter. We, I'm not even going to talk about it, which is what he says. I'm not talking about it. But as soon as you put the line that it is a disciplinary matter or, or an internal matter or something that there's something there being fixed behind the scenes, then it's going to be a story. Just that's, that's unfortunate. But that is the world we live in. That is what football is. Football will always look for that sensationalist angle. Uh, I, I think I'm disappointed in Marcus. And I think I said that a few a months ago, I think just about his general form and, and general demeanor. But players, especially millionaires, get gripes and they think, well, I don't like it like this. I want it to change. And I'm going to outwardly project that because I'm a powerful individual male and I can do these things and I'm going to show it. 
I've seen the pictures of him out in uh, in Belfast. He's just walking around. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing like terribly awful about them. You know, he's on a night out. Maybe United should have said, "You're not allowed to go to Belfast." That would have been better. You stay here and train with all the other human beings that that we pay money to. Uh, I think that would have been better in the first instance. And it feels like maybe Marcus has told some fibs about what he was doing. Is he now going to be treated say the same way as Sancho? Is he going to have to train in his own with the kids for? next three months of course not because this manager needs this player to play well to help him win football matches no but why was Jaden Sancho forced to train like that why because because again Jaden Sancho he put a tweet out defying his manager yeah yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the difference here. That's the difference. Yeah, so, so if Marcus today t- tweets, and he might well do, this is all a load of rubbish story and there's nothing going on, and I disagree with the manager, are we all going to say that he sits on the bench till the end of the season? Answer yourselves if you're listening. I th- People I can answer so. And I, I think yeah. Marcus Rashford's stock is so low now with a lot of United fans that, again, I think it's really easy to make sweeping statements. Just go, yeah, this is how you run businesses. People have never run businesses before. You know, it's ultimately, this is a lot about this is stage managing. And some of this, you don't have to reveal your hand all the time. And I think with Ten Hag, it's all breadcrumbs with the press. And he's gone from us, I think, saying for me, like, I like the way that he kind of, makes everything non-plus because you don't want drama. But at the same time, that does create drama by saying it's an internal matter. Just don't say it. Man United, unless United have to put a, a proper press statement out, don't talk about it. Don't bother. There's no need to. So I think the whole thing <laughs> Rob, is... Rashford, we're the squad. Rashford what, what the squad he, for the next game. What should he have done, Rob? What should he have done? I think he should have just said... Because he, d- he oh, did say nothing. I think Marcus Rashford is ill and there's there's no there's nothing to talk about. Don't say uh, it's an internal matter and I'm dealing with it because he did put that out, Scott. He did. He he went out and he did. He did make it like there's something to be dealt with here and I'll deal with it. That's good. It's your job, mate. Your job is to deal with it. We don't need to know that you're dealing with it. (laughs) Just leave it. Just leave it go and let let, do it behind closed doors. And and I think for Ten Hag, maybe that's where some of the mistakes of managing superstars comes is that you do sometimes just have to close the doors and just sit in front of a camera and pretend and go. I don't need to communicate any of this because I'm doing. I'm actually the person I need to speak to is Jim Ratcliffe. I don't need to speak to the press to do this. I just need to talk about the game. Rashford's ill. He'll be back in my squad for the next game. So let's not make a drama about it. Then you see players see the reaction. This was what happened with Sancho. They see the reaction publicly and they respond emotionally. And then we go, oh, you're not being professional, mate. So it's a balance. I think if you manage big time business like that, keep it behind closed doors. And when you're sat in front of the press... Don't reveal anything. Be a be a poker player. I think Postacoglu is quite good at that. You know, he's quite friend of the people kind of guy, and he just goes now, nah, whatever. There's nothing, there's nothing going on there. So, not talking about it. There might well be something going on, but he's dealing with it. That's his job to do it professionally. And does it affect performances, Scott? That's the next thing. You know, United players looking at it and going, "Well, we don't like these things." Is that just culture? Is that a personality clash, or is that? bad coaching and bad management i don't know it's a mixture i think of all of it um it's not criticism of ten Hag, but i do think that he could manage us slightly different in the same way i used to say about jose when jose would throw people under the bus and we'd be like jose just don't need to do it (laughs) just just do it do it to their faces and not in front of a camera i think ten Hag's the opposite of that where he just gives a little bit too much away for it to then become a story he needs to close that. He was like that Ajax, so to be fair as well. He would be, he'd say the same stuff at Ajax and 
it would create ructions because he would give those kind of stock answers about discipline and and then people would just read into it i think he, he could just come out and just say no rashford's ill and he'll be in my team next week and we don't talk about it anymore finished so they rashford will be rewarding a player for not turning up to training it's not reward is it it's key it's looking after your own it's looking after you it's looking after your house not and, and like there's, there's a fire in the kitchen there go put it out don't just let it burn until the whole house has then uh, got smoke coming out the top and i think this is what's happened with united many many times not just with ten Hag, is that you do have to stage manage this stuff sometimes to to create the allure that things are not as bad as they are problem is is that rashford isn't saying anything scott he's gone out on a night out and it's again it's a non-story and he is ill. That's kind of what we've heard in terms of the reporting. Rob, if that's the case, you're not you're not rewarding him by saying this is no matter, are you? It's not a non-story. This, this is United, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a non-story. It's a non-story if you make it. You're, I'm talking about the club. I'm talking about the manager. You have to be able to put fires out, Scott. It's part of the job. That is part of it. It's all about culture resets. Yeah, you have to be able to manage what your culture is projecting out there. Now, him being out in Belfast, as we said, is not actually the issue. The issue is, is if he's lied to United. So about whether he was out on that Thursday night, and that's the big key in the question here. You, If you're telling him to stay at Carrington to train, it's even worse saying he's ill, but he's training at Carrington. It's like, well, if he's ill, you wouldn't have him at Carrington. Like we talked about, you'd just be at home. You know, so just say he's ill at home and just leave it at that and be done with it and and create that illusion. And people might say, well, Rob, you're saying that the manager should lie to us. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Because the manager's job is to get victories. His job is not to sit there and be a politician in front of a camera every yeah, week. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll go well when he tells the media that and then uh, some journalist from one of the sources close to the club says, actually, Ten Hag was lying. So what? Go win football matches. So, so you, anyone so that ever cares about... Problem. <laughs> It's the same problem, but this is the art of management, Scott, is that the, the best managers ever do this really well. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to compare him to Fergie, but again, Fergie ruled with an iron fist and players were scared of Fergie, but the system was tight in the sense that there was a process. And if Fergie didn't like it, he just bored people out anyway. So that's different. But I think when you look at any individual managers and their personalities, I think things with Ten Hag, when you're winning, winning solves everything. Yeah, so find ways to win. And winning cures this stuff. And people don't want to talk about it as much, like Rashford not playing well, but you winning games and scoring goals is the correct way to go and address this. I think the fact that you just put it out there and said that this is an internal matter and I'm dealing with it. And you kind of put it forthright. I'm dealing with it because I'm the manager. Yeah, great. That's your job. I, I'm not going to give you a pat on the back for, for dealing with something going on in the camp. It's literally your job. Just look nonplussed. It's a poker game, Scott. You sit in front of a camera like we don't have to play the poker game because we 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 are analysing stuff. We're not here to support a manager or be detrimental to a manager or to the club. Do you get what I mean? But he is. That's his job. And and players then see what's projected. You know, so Rashford might actually be going today. I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, at least you did nothing wrong. I'm ill. I'm sat here. I'm ill. And today I'm the villain. And it's an internal matter. And I don't even know anything about this internal matter. What what internal matter? The manager's not said a word to me about it yet. So. That happens a lot, like you just said there, the journalists connected to the club. Yeah, that, that's just that's the, the ecosystem of football. That always happens, and there's going to be stuff out there, but it's more about how you manage the camp. I think that's where the Sancho failing came. Sancho's a little boy. He was dealt with, in a way, that 
rubbed him up the wrong way. And now you're going to sell him and lose money. That's okay. You've decided to do that, but you can't do that with everyone. We can't say that apply every footballer at United is disaffected because of one thing or another. It's just like any other workplace. You have to manage the expectations and you have to somehow get performances out of people, get them on a football pitch. Marcus Rashford, whatever he does is not going to be sat on the sideline for long. You know, I think he had those two games. You remember when he was rested and on the bench and we both advocated that, didn't we? When that was probably the best thing for him at that time. Do you bring him straight back for the next game, Scott? We can see that's all ten odds on be being asked about now, isn't it? Until the next match, is that he's going to sit there and he's going to be asked the Rashford question again because the story has been created. I think it would have been better to just put that fire out. Again, I, I don't really know what he could have done there. Sir Alex Ferguson kicked the boot at David Beckham when he was the most pro, high-profile player in the world and didn't really play him. Left him out of a really important match, then sold him without telling. Got players, so, I, I, you know, that's my solution. Yeah. But, but do it consistently. I always say this. Drop players. I think if, if someone doesn't meet what you want them to do, whoever it is, like for me, right, okay, watch the, the, the end of, the, of this Newport game. And we haven't talked about the Delo thing. I tweeted about it, yeah, with that second go. Delo doesn't cover the front post, sells Varane down the river, and Varane gets the blame for it, and they score, right? I dropped Delo for the next game for that by the manager. I'm like, if you do it once, you'll do it twice. So I'm dropping you, and I'm playing whoever I want there then now. I'm going to do something completely different because this does not fit my culture, yeah? But we see it every week. <laughs> so how do you fix that when it's it's so many players? Uh, I think Rashford, if Rashford has broken club rules or has lied to the manager, I think the manager can say, if he wants to make it public and say it's an internal matter, that the best way to answer it is just don't play Rashford. Put him on a bench just or, or send him home. Uh, I think when the Rashford thing happened, I said put him on a bench. I think you said drop him out of the squad. Is that what I remember that right? Mm, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I said, no, you put him on a bench because it's better to make him watch and go, yeah, people can see your face here. If you're going to be a Muppet about it, people can see you. I'm not going to let you go home and like get a day off. You just said there about um, should the player be rewarded for X, Y, and Z. I don't think it's a reward at all. I think I think if you deal with it the proper way, it can still be a punishment. You can do it that way. So if Rashford sits on the bench for the next two or three games, Scott, I think we all know what happened behind the scene. Ten Hag doesn't have to say a word because the player is sat on the bench. And I like that. I think that's how you should deal with players is that, if they don't play, you're telling the world why they're not playing because stuff's going on. But you don't have to reveal your hand. You really don't. You just have to be adult about it. And I think Ten Hag tries to do that. But I'm not quite sure he's 100% successful with that. Not not personally. I think you can just be a little bit more, even calmer with some of this stuff and just, just let things play out and make decisions. If you don't want Rashford in your team because he's broken curfew rules, brilliant. Don't play him. Fine. Put him on the bench. And then you're playing Anthony there. We're playing Anthony wide, aren't you? <laughs> As people have said yesterday when they talked about Rashford, Anthony's seamlessly coming in and out of the team. We talk about his performance quite a lot, was involved in something quite serious off the pitch. But there doesn't seem to be that conjecture around him, even though people question his performances. You know, there's no there's no disciplinary issue there with United. So I think with Rashford, Scott, bigger question here, and I'll put this to you, is that if this carries on and Ten Hag stays, do you sell Marcus Rashford? Because I think that's where you're getting to a point now so you pay someone 350 grand a week and you don't get on with that player for whatever reason, right? Because of Sancho or whoever, do you sell that player? Because you have to start making those plans now if that's how you feel about it going forward. You can't let it just roll. And I think at United, we let things roll until the last moment. And then you're thinking, ah, right, now we're stuck because it's now the biggest story in the world and you have to just do something. Uh, and I think that's on the table now with Marcus. Like, you know, if, if Ten Hag does stay and say, say he gets a new contract, 
we might be talking about Marcus Rashford being put on a transfer list. We'll see. Uh, obviously, Rashford's uh, not scored too many goals this season in comparison to last when he was uh, when he was on it. Mm. Um, his body language has never been perfect for me. No. Uh, obviously, the question needs to start being asked about, you know, does he have... He's, he's the club's highest earner, so he does have a long-term future according to their plans last summer. Yeah. But he equally becomes very difficult to shift because he's on a big contract and he's worth a lot of money. So, nah, to me, I mean, there is, as I as I said at the top of the show, there's a cultural problem which has to be fixed from the very top of the very top of the football club. The manager is a cog in that system, not mm. the boss of that system. Mm-hmm. So there are things above him that have to change. And when we talk about, oh, Dave Brailsford's watching this game and thinking, should I give a billion quid to this manager? Well, no, that's not the point. Like the the manager should be and remain a cog in that in that system. Yeah. So you should decide your style of play via your sporting director. If mm. your manager, in this case, Eric Den Haag, fits the style of play that you want to play, you agree it between you, you make your tweaks, and then you buy players for that system. If Ten Hag is not doing it properly or not hitting expectations, you find somebody else. I think that's the way it should be. There are so many disconnections at the moment at United that I just feel like <clears throat> every single person within that football organization who isn't new, who, is, who hasn't come in since Sir Jim's investment, which should be confirmed at some point over the next couple of weeks, you'd think. Everybody is on the list. You either get in line mm. or you leave, for me. And that, I include the manager in that. I include the players in that. I include Marcus Rashford in that. And the only way that United will ever fix themselves is by doing that for two, three years. But it's going to take them two, three years because they put players on lots of money on long-term contracts. So you can't shift every single player Unless you're a genius, unless you're some kind of market genius, mm. this is going to take a few years. This is going to take a few years, and they need to eradicate the cultural issues. I really think that everything you see comes down to culture, comes down to high performance environment, which you know don't have. They don't have it, and and that is exactly what Radcliffe is going to try and create because we know that's the Ineos way is that they try and create this high performance culture where the expectations are there from day one, aren't they? You walk in the door. And I think that's where, you know, Ten Hag is hamstrung and he's talked a lot about, you know, about having standards and about, you know, there was no standards before he got there. And, and I still think he is working through that, which is why we're willing to say that out loud and put some understanding towards it. However, like you just said there, it's a cog. 14 defeats, 30 games this season, that cog is failing. So that is the way that it will be viewed. And that's the way it is being viewed. And I think the whole discussion will switch. Like if you, you, you didn't lose to Newport, so I don't think it's a problem. So it is a non, it's a non-discussion off the back of that. If you lose one or two or three of the next Premier League games, then it's on the table. It will be discussed. It is real. It's not something that we can just go, oh, but it's a cultural issue. It's been going on forever and ever for 10 years. It is something tangible. And I think that this tangible problem has been really evident this season much more than it was last year, whereas last year it should have been a problem when you were really trying to reset the culture with players that didn't know you. And here we are now. And it feels like that that relationship has fragmented between manager and players a little bit. Not saying completely. And that's why I say about Ten Hag from the touchline looking less effective his substitutions looking less effective. Him looking like he's willing to try less things this year over last. Last year, I thought he'd try he'd try stuff to be able to 
see if you could push the needle in football matches. And it worked because you came third. It showed that you could win football matches from losing positions. This year, United just seem to be following tropes, Scott. And I do think that, you know, you just said about sporting director. That's a huge one now. Because I think the sporting director will come in and say, this is what we want to do with style of play. We're going to purchase towards this style of play. If I'm that new sporting director tomorrow and I'm being given Man United the keys to the kingdom, I don't know if I'm going with Ten Hag at the moment. This is someone who's backed Ten Hag all the way. You know, I, I, I like Ten Hag as an individual, but I've not seen enough in the last X amount of months, over the 18 months, you know, nearly two years now that we've seen where I'm going, oh, I feel confident that the next step is coming because the injuries have changed, because we'll get new players. I don't know. I don't think style of play, Scott, matches winning in the Premier League at the moment. Just I don't you mentioned Guardiola. Yeah, Guardiola wins everything. You know, we, we did a little bit on Klopp, didn't we? Some people weren't happy with in the last show. And Liverpool's now trick will have to be how do you take a manager who's been there and had a certain amount of winning in his tenure there? How do you go to the next manager and create a new environment? You know, a lot of people live in Liverpool in, in the flick of a switch now. United might be in the same position. And if you're if you're Ratcliffe, you're probably thinking that. That's how I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm sure he's watching these games and he's not thinking. No, I'm sure it get better. We, we'll just we'll just buy some players and it will get better with this manager. I'm not convinced that that's the state of play at the moment. Yeah, like we say, opinion we've, we've piece. Had, we've we've had this conversation several yeah. times, Rob. I I don't think that doing it after beating Newport in the FA Cup is the right time to do it. Unless that's what everybody wants. Uh, personally, I just I'm quite bored of it. I, I'm really, really bored of it. And you know, I've just said there, like Eric and Hag might not be here next season. Yeah, but the fact of the matter that. is, I don't think him or any manager that United have had since Alex Ferguson left have had the opportunity. Maybe apart from David Moyes, have had the opportunity to do things the way that they wanted to do it completely because they don't have everything adjusted above them. Jurgen Klopp even a couple of weeks ago said, I couldn't have done all of this at Liverpool without having the right structure in place above me. Man City went and hired Ferran Soriano and hired uh, Bergerstein two years before he, they employed him. Mm. You know, it's it's not rocket science, man. It's, it's not rocket science. I just think to put the put this on the manager every single time, yeah, fair enough. Like, if you want to start fresh, tear everything up and go again, fine. But you're probably doing it with Graham Potter, who's just been at Chelsea and has failed. Absolutely flat out failed. So what's the difference? Dead air. No difference. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're having a, a, a two separate conversations. I, I, I'm not saying that. So I agree with you. I totally agree with you. You know, I do. And, and, and I think the thing is, is that it is a boring conversation, but unfortunately it does go match to match to match. And, and I just think with Ten Hag is that it, we can say we're not giving them a pass, but then we do give them a pass. We don't talk about some of it. So that's all it is. So I, I think, like, I think we're, we're giving him a pass, but look, he's going to have, what are we going to sack him now? Like no, right, what, what, right now, this second and get somebody else. And it's all going to be magically fixed. We lose the next game. You probably might well get sacked. This is how it, we are closer to it. Like, I do feel that needle being pushed towards the door is that it, it's not like at the start of the season we can go, we've lost three games, you've had injuries, you're okay. We are, it's February nearly, Scott. Like the, the AFCON has come and gone. You lost your goalkeeper who's now coming back. You know, it, these things are, it, it, time moves on and expectation moves on. Uh, we haven't appointed a sporting director yet. Obviously, you don't feel that these things are being done behind the scenes. Um, and 
I would like Tenon to be in a position of power in that debate with a new with a new sporting director to be able to sit there and say, well, look, I've done done these things and I can see what can work here. I have not seen that personally as someone sat in the stadium watching the tactics, thinking, yeah, there's there's some good stuff happening here, but it's just it's just players. It's just that I just think the tactics are not great. I just think the tactics, I think they'll run out. And you just said about Graham Potter. You know, Graham Potter, one of the things that he's famous for is having four, five, six different systems that he trains his players in. Did it work at Chelsea? No, it didn't. Did it work at Brighton? To an extent. But that's what he's known for. And I think that's what a sporting director will be looking for. He won't be looking for kind of a rigid approach to, to football. And I think in English football, you need to have that. You need to have systems up your sleeve. Ten Hag in 18 months has not been able to develop anything more than a 4 one 4 one and he won't play anything else now. <laughs> like that's it. Like we know it's four one four one every week. We don't see anything kind of inventive off the bench. Is that his fault? I don't know. I think he, that's the only bit he can control, isn't it? Is tactics and systems. Um, I just don't think the tactics and systems are great. I really don't. And I think that that's that's the only thing I'm questioning with him personally. The rest of it, you're right. Like it's Man United. It's been a problem forever and ever and ever. We have got new CEO now. Hopefully, fingers crossed that that will change the direction from the boardroom and that we'll see something a little bit more progressive. But whether you actually stick with this manager, because they will be having that that debate about, do you give this manager more money? Like, we buy the players, but are we going to give him these players that are going to cost us hundreds of millions? He's a cog in the machine. He's got to be a cog that works, Scott. At the moment, I don't think Eric Ten Hag is working as that cog in the machine. I just don't. That's just personal opinion. Right. Uh, well say goodbye there i think united play against wolves is it wolves it is wolves isn't it the is it wolves game. away next wolves away ham? thursday west ham at home february the first yes wolves away then west ham at home difficult game you know watched watched a lot of wolves recently a mm. team that's done very well under their new manager in in the in the period that he's been there like, I think they've they've brought a style of play up now, and they look like a dangerous team. I think on the front foot, whereas year, last year and before they didn't. So um, I know that Wolves did a number on us, didn't they? In that first game of the season, do you remember Scott when they were running through our midfield, and it was like this is Wolves, by the way. But then we saw it quite a lot again with every other team that played us. That's a tough game for United. That's going to be a tough game. Obviously, we'll talk about that when it happens. Yeah, we'll be back after that game on Friday for another Promised Land pod. Let us know in the comments today. It has been. Uh, are you bored? I'm. I'm. Pers- I don't. It's probably come across quite quite heavily that I'm quite bored of the the same narrative, having the same conversation over and over again. Uh, but but hey, we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe Rob's right, and they lose to Wolves and fr- and Friday morning, Eric Ten Hag is sacked and he's not got a job anymore. Um, but we will see what happens. Fingers crossed. You know, I can just start winning some games. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube. The Promised Land of Man United podcast. Like the video, leave a comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. And follow us on social at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at TPL MUFC on social media platform X. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for listening or for watching. See you soon. Until next time, this has been The Promised Land. Thank you very much. <laughs>